0: And you'll hear me even better for the wonder of technology. Hey, good morning, Hope. It's so good to be with you. Um, I got a call from Jim earlier this week, and he said, I know it's kind of last minute. Is there any chance that you could come teach at Hope this Sunday? And I immediately said, Yeah. Yeah, I love being with you. I love what God's doing here in Santa Barbara. So if you're new to me or I'm new to you, Chuck Gerwig, I'm a a pastor for a million years, a youth pastor for another million years, and now I'm a missionary who trains uh, undertrained pastors and untrained pastors in Africa and Asia, and I love it. It's super fun to be, you know, working with people who have have a lot less than us in terms of the preparation for ministry to help them thrive and reproduce in countries where God is moving in enormous ways and so but when I'm home I really love to just preach in a church in in English that can understand me and I love this region I grew up in this area and so I'm really thankful to be here with you this morning Let me pray. We're going to open God's word, and we'll see what it is that Jesus wants to say to you and and to me this morning. So let's let's pray. God, we are people who are distracted by so much. The world is crazy. and, um, And yet you quietly and calmly call us to trust you in our life. So I pray, and I really do ask you, Father, that through the power of your Spirit, that we would hear from you, and as a result, that we'd live lives of joy and peace and greater purpose, um, recognizing that we win because you have said so. So would you speak to us, God? We pray that in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Amen. So if you are like me you just realized that we are already almost a month into 2024 Uh, we are at 28 days in by now in the new year you have already unresolved your new year's resolutions if you're like the average american you know where you go well this year i'm going to do better i'm going to change this year and i don't know that resolutions like that really work as well as simply saying How do I proceed today? And where where can I improve? Or what has been a problem for me? And so the message today is from the book of Hebrews. It's just three verses, but I find them really helpful. I mean, really and truly applicational to my life. They're really practical. And this passage has kind of haunted me throughout my life. And I keep coming back to it. I keep teaching on it. When I train pastors in Africa and Asia, this is one of the passages I want to teach them because they also find themselves distracted and discouraged and disappointed. So God has something to say to you and I today as we kind of really were running into the first part of 2024. We have a good chance to reflect backwards a little bit on the last 12 months or six months, and then we can think, How do I proceed forward? Now, in the Bible, there is a regular kind of metaphor or illustration of like a sporting event. So if you're a sporty person, you probably resonate with those. Uh, There's a lot of illustrations, especially in the writings of Paul the Apostle, about the idea of running a race. The Christian life is like a race, and it's a marathon. It's a long race for most of us. Sometimes people's races are shorter and unexpectedly quick, but in general the, the race is a long one And so if you like running you probably like those metaphors, right? You think oh man, what a great metaphor. I'm gonna run with perseverance You know i'm gonna run to win the prize, but if you're like me The only time you will see me run is if somebody has a weapon somebody's gonna have to chase me to get me to run you can tell i don't have a runner's body i barely have a a sitter's body but you know I i don't like to run but i love this metaphor i love the metaphor because when you look at what it means to run for god it does not mean like somebody's chasing you like god is chasing you saying you're not doing good enough run run harder drive yourself into the ground that's the american way that's not the kingdom way in fact, Jesus leads from the front. The good shepherd, he leads from the front and he calls his sheep with him and in our run, it's the same way. Jesus ran out front of us and he calls us to run with him. Now, in this passage, there's this beautiful idea at the very beginning of like a Roman amphitheater and that the athletes are running and there is a group, a large group or a crowd of people watching them run. That's kind of the illustration and he's saying, here's how you can run well in this race that you're in. So if you look at Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 3, he starts with the word therefore. So kind of hold that in your mind. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses or like a great crowd in this amphitheater, he says, let us throw off everything that hinders us and let us, and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And in our race, he says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, he scorned its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God the Father. He says, now consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men. Why? So that we won't grow weary and lose heart so he starts with the word therefore and if you're newer to the Bible and you haven't read the Bible a lot, our tendency is to look at the Bible almost like um, almost like a fortune cookie right, you you take out a little snippet and you go this is what the little snippet is going to say to me, that's the way many Americans look at the Bible they don't recognize that there's a greater whole, it's an, it's an elongated story about God's love for us So if you see the word, therefore, always imagine that the word, therefore, has an arrow written around it. So therefore is written inside. Uh, Just imagine the in and out sign. I just drove by it on the way up here. You know, the yellow arrow says, come here, get heart disease. It's worth it, right? Well, sorry, I like in and out. In fact, when I travel, um, I fly in and out of Los Angeles International Airport and my wife knows that when I fly in, I will want to go to the in and out on Century Boulevard, which is just, I mean, it's just really close. You could almost walk there from the airport because I've learned no more African hamburgers, no more. And I won't tell you how I know that, but I've just decided. So when I come home, I really want a cheeseburger. And you know what, when, when we drive up, the first thing I see is that arrow, the yellow arrow that says, go here. Now when you see the word therefore in the Bible, it's a connecting word that's really important and it's saying this, don't read the Bible like a series of fortune cookies. There, it's pointing there, behind it earlier, or maybe in, your, in that passage it might be above. But when you see the word therefore in the Bible, always look and say, why is it there? And what, in this verse, what he's saying is because of everything that i just said which is chapter 11 the whole chapter that's the context for these words in 12 and they're really important and if we don't get that if we don't look at that yellow arrow that points us backwards or upwards into those verses we miss out on the bigger point and we miss out on a blessing in this case in chapter 11 many people call this the faith hall of fame it's a it's just It's recounting the names of 20 different Bible heroes. Their names go back over a thousand years before the time that this was written. And 27 times in the 40 verses of chapter 11, it mentions that they trusted God. When things looked bad, they trusted God. When things were good, they trusted God. It, it talks about the idea of their faith. Now, if you look at this big arrow pointing yellow to the left or upwards, it says because of those people, because of their faith and their ultimate reward, because of that, recognize that they are this crowd of witnesses he's talking about. So he's saying like Moses and David and, you know, if you're not familiar with the Bible, there's there's all these amazing people and also really, really, really broken people. Worse than you, worse than me. I mean, really dummies, right? And also people who were just amazing people, but what happened was they trusted God no matter how they were doing, and he says, because you are surrounded by this crowd of people, and he calls them a great crowd or a cloud of witnesses, and For years I thought about this as being Okay, they're watching me run my race And they're going, run Chuck Get up, go, stand up again Keep going, you know, they're cheering me on And maybe that's what he has in mind But the wording here This is originally written in the Greek language And the wording here Implies something even more than that It implies That they are people Who bear testimony Like Like if you saw a car accident and you were called to court you would bear witness right you would give a testimony as to what you saw what you experienced these people all the greats of the faith these people who followed god with faith during all the things of their life they're surrounding you and they are not just watching you they bear witness when you look up and you're running you see that you see moses and he says god was faithful Man, we had our backs against the Red Sea. Surprise, God was faithful. So understand that as you start to look at this passage about running the race of the Christian life, he says, hey man, be aware, because of everything that God has done throughout recorded history and pre-recorded history, because of his faithfulness of those who place their trust in him, says you should run your race well they bear witness as you see them in the stands as you run by you say god was faithful to david faithful david wasn't faithful to god always wasn't even faithful to his wives and yet his trust in god made him a person beloved by god he ran his race and when it was over he joined jesus so they testify god can be trusted Now, in the last year, in the last six months, maybe, of your life, how's your race been, the race of your spiritual life? Have you found yourself tired and discouraged and disappointed? Or maybe things have been pretty good, and you you find yourself kind of exhilarated, and you, you get up in the morning, you're ready to run. In either case... What the writer is saying here, what Jesus wants to say to you and I is, look, my track record, sorry about the pun, I did not mean track record. My, my record throughout history has been faithfulness, even when people had their backs against the sea. So you can trust me. So he says, because of these people, because of God's faithfulness and trustworthiness to them, you and I should run the race So if you ran and you're tired, guess what? You have reason to keep running. And he gives us some reasons, not only reasons, but he gives us ideas of of what it means to be able to run well because life is a long race. Gives us lots of time for course corrections because Jesus runs out in front of us and he calls us to him. So first we're going to look at what I'm going to call the runner's attire, and this is in verse 1 of hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 this is the runner's attire so when you go out to run you probably don't wear tight skinny jeans and you know a a parka right you you would put on the proper clothes because it's restrictive and uncomfortable you ever see guys my age riding a bicycle probably an electric bike right now and you know they just got it because they're wearing like blue jeans you know and they're and it's just hard to ride so look when he says here in verse 1 as he says because we're surrounded by all these people who testify you win because Jesus won I won because God wins he says throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, everything that hinders you so if you're riding a bike and you're wearing skinny jeans guess what that's going to hinder you did you know that in the, in the ancient games the ancient Greek games which are kind of what he seems to be talking about here did you know that the runners ran naked like first of all that's just a funny thought okay but they did they ran completely naked now of course these guys were in like great shape and all that so they probably looked good going down the road but the bottom line was the reason that they took off all of their clothing and their robes and everything was because those things would trip you up they'd slow you down So as he writes this, 2,000 years ago, that's the way they thought about it. So when he says, throw off everything that hinders, they immediately thought, yeah, like a runner, you run naked. Now, I work a lot in East Africa, and I was teaching the pastors on this idea of how to build your life in a way that that the race that you run is towards Jesus, it has integrity, and you have endurance for a lifetime because life is long, and ministry can be hard. So I'm trying to figure out how, I don't want to talk about naked things with these guys in Africa. It just, it's just, it'd be, might, might get them off track a little bit. They may, we may spend a lot of time talking about that. So I said, imagine this. He says, throw off everything that hinders and the sin that might entangle you and trip you up. And so I said, hey, a lot of you have goats. You know, I see them all over the village. The goats smell really bad. And just think about going and running a race against your neighbors but you decide you want to run with your favorite goat so you pick up the biggest stinkiest heaviest goat you pop it up onto your shoulders and you go on this race now how is that going to go for you they're like oh that's crazy you can't run with a goat you can't run with a goat i'm like that's exactly it he's saying throw off anything so you got to throw off the goat Right? Here's the t- first two things that you might want to think about What is your goat? Is there something that hinders you? It's, it's, it's just slowing you down and it's wearing you out When you, when you can, ex- when you can ex- access the idea of what it is That might be hindering your spiritual walk You have a really easy to do Or at least a simple to do right? Which is run naked So tomorrow morning when you go out for your run? Please don't, you know. um, I heard it in church, you know. Um, The idea is taking off this goat, taking off whatever it is that's slowing you down. The other thing is, he says is because everybody is rooting you on and they have won, you want to do the same. Remove anything that hinders you. And he says, and the sin that so easily entangles. And what he's saying is there's some sins that it just, it's not, a, it's not a problem for you or temptation. Um, I'm not greedy, I don't steal, I'm, I'm not a perfect guy, but a sin that does not, I'm not tripped up by wanting to steal money or be dishonest. It's just not how I'm wired, all right? If I'm gonna fall down, it's probably gonna be that I got prideful, I got frustrated, and it ended up in anger, and it ended up in words that I have to apologize for. Right, that's the sin that easily entangles me, and you might go, "Wow, I don't have that." Well, you you have a different one, the the sin or the issue in your life that easily kind of entangles you, and and it could be it could be just discouragement. You know, you could be a person who's constantly focused on what's wrong and what's negative, and you don't see like how God has been faithful to all those of history because you're just discouraged and it trips you up, hinders you or maybe makes you even fall down into sin so here's some, here's some thoughts, try to figure out what, what hinders me or what is a sin that's easy for me to be tripped up by, here's a couple ideas one is negative thinking for some people they're hindered by the fact that they consistently find the wrong things the sad things and it It just kinda keeps, it's just like running with a goat. It's just tiring. For some people, it's fear, worry, or anxiety. They're hindered by the fact that they constantly are running on fear, till they don't wanna run anymore. For some people, it's distraction. It it could be even good things, like a great season at work or at school, It could be a hobby. But we can get distracted by things that actually can hinder us. It can be our families. It can be our children. It can be our grandkids. There's just things that we can lose our focus. And if you figure out what that was for you in 2023, that's the first step towards throwing off the goat. It's the first step at removing hindrances. First, got to figure out what is wrong, Or why is my spiritual life not the way I want it to be? So find out your hindrances. If you have an entanglement, for some people that entanglement is a relational one. It's a, an adulterous one. For some people, it's a pornographic one. For some people, it's a substance abuse one. Sometimes people just need help. They need to talk to somebody to help them to remove the goad or the hindrance or the sin that's got them all tied up and laying on the track, discouraged, probably feeling some guilt, probably feeling some shame, and that's not what Jesus called us to. He calls us to fullness of life and joy in hope. And so you may need to talk to somebody about something that's become a real trip up for you, or it may be you just need to figure out. Hang on, last year. The thing that most hindered me, that slowed me down, the goat I'm running with, is my anxiety. I need to work to find out how to live in a way that anxiety is not the driver of my car. For many people it is. So find out what your hurdle or your hindrance is. Get help if you need it. But the first thing to do is he says, let us take off everything that's messing us up in the run take off everything so first you figure it out secondly you begin to figure out what do i do with this in this new year i'm running into second is he talks about the attitude of the runner we find this in the second part of verse one says after you've thrown off what hinders and figured out what's tripping you up let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us So our attitude needs to be one of endurance. And to be honest, I find myself at times not having the kind of spiritual endurance that I wish I had. And it is always because I've lost perspective. Every time, every time I find myself slowing down in the race, sitting down on the track, just not making, I'm starting to focus on all the wrong things the reason i lack endurance is because i i lose perspective here's the fact as you run down the track all the people around you who are cheering you on they bear testimony to the fact that god has been incredibly faithful and they have received their reward and so will i so i mean friends if you if you're um, a follower of jesus this morning and you'd say, I'm not just a tender. I love Jesus. I've given my sins to him. He's given me new life. I'm a new creation in him. That was, that's like biblically a Christian. I'm following him, right? The bottom line is you can't lose. You can make all kinds of mistakes along the way, but the thing is, is you will win. They bear testimony to it. And at the end, I think I can prove this even better to you. So as a result, if I have the right perspective, I have the right perseverance. Here's the deal there's times like any of us that you get knocked down by some wind in your life, or you know, you're running uphill and you start to get tired. But the bottom line is the reality is this I will win the race. I will become who Jesus wants me to be. I will inherit the kingdom of heaven. I will be made right and clean and clear. No guilt. No shame. I'll live in unapproachable joy, just unimaginable joy for eternity in celebration. That is the truth. And when I remember that and I look up at the stands, and I go, and I know because it was true for them and them and them and them and them and, them and all the people I know who love Jesus... When I find myself in that place, I can run with endurance, and that needs to be my attitude. My attitude is, God was faithful to them, he'll be faithful to me, he's been faithful to me, so I'm gonna run with perseverance, regardless of it's uphill day, downhill day, headwind day, tailwind day, because I know in the end, he will bring me through. And man, if you attend a church called Hope, You need to know that biblical hope is not wishful thinking. Hope is the certainty of the promises of God based on Him, not on you. Man, there's a certainty that this is true. And I'm going to tell you, I forget this. And I bet you do too. So he says, run with perseverance. The race marked out for you. My attitude needs to be, God has marked out a race for me. Now, For you have a different race than I do. None of you, I get to go to Cambodia in like a little under six weeks. Can't wait to go and work with a bunch of pastors, actually from every one of the 25 provinces. I cannot wait to go share things like this with them, to encourage them, to equip them. I can't wait. But that's God didn't probably call you to that. You have a different race. Your race may be here. Maybe your race is in a season of, raising kids maybe it's in a season of working and building for the future or finding that person that you're going to marry you know maybe you're in a different season but you're you're in a different lane you have a lane that's marked out for you so you don't run Gabe's race Pastor Jim's race or Lois's race there's a race that's marked out for you that means you're not racing against them. You have your own lane. It's, it's, it's a race of perseverance. It's not a race of speed, and it's not a race of comparison. You know, our attitude and our perseverance works better when we do not compare ourselves to other runners. There's always somebody faster. There's always somebody younger. There's always somebody who's more gifted. And as a result we begin to get discouraged instead of saying god's called me to run with perseverance he's marked out my race so here's the attitude i say god what is my race what have you marked out for me not to compare myself to the other guy in spandex next to me going a thousand miles an hour what what race are you marked out for me i remove those hindrances and then i find out what is my race and then i run it with endurance knowing i win Third, he talks about the runner's attention. I think for me, this is second most important to the idea of finding eye hindrances and throwing off the goat. says this in verse two. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Everybody say Jesus with me. Jesus. Who do you fix your eyes on? Jesus. Don't you hate it when pastors ask you to do that? The only thing worse is when they go, hey, would you turn to your neighbor and tell them your, you know, the three things you want for Christmas that you didn't get? Or something like that. But I really want you to catch this. Who do we fix our eyes on? It is Jesus. Fix your eyes, focus your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. That means the one who went before us in our Christian walk. Jesus did this before us. He made our faith. And he goes on before us, calling us. He says, says, for the joy set before him, he endured, again, Perseverance, endurance, the cross, and it scorned its shame. It was a shameful thing to him, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God in the kingdom of heaven. He regained his his crown, in a sense. So it says, "Look in your race. Don't look at your don't look at the hurdles in front of you, because they'll discourage you." Peter looks at the waves. He's walking on water. I mean, he's walking on water. You and I have not done that, so we shouldn't get weird with him. But when he saw the obstacle and the hurdle, the waves, then he kind of lost his perspective and he began to sink. And it's the same thing for us. He says, quit looking at the hurdles in front of you. Quit worrying about the hassles in front of you. Quit looking at your neighbor and comparing yourself to them spiritually says fix your eyes on who? On Jesus. I just imagine in, in in my mind the the idea that comes to my mind is Jesus is running backwards he's like, "Come on. Come on this way. Here's the race I've marked for you, Chuck. You are not John MacArthur. You are not uh other famous pastors. Here is your race. Come." And he wants me to fix it, my eyes upon him. And when I don't, that's when I lose perseverance. I begin to get more hindered. I begin to lose my joy, lose my perspective. And so it's saying, look, you're already aware there's all these people who've gone before you who've received the reward and who were blessed by God, did amazing things. They ran the race. Now fix your eyes on Jesus himself, on what it is that he says is true on his promises. Ask him for the power today to run well. And fourth and finally, there's this idea of the runner's contemplation. Um, This is the idea in my mind of what is it that my mind is on when I take time to reflect and meditate. That's really the idea here is Christian meditation of focusing upon the things of God in quietness that allows us to hear from him verse 3 says consider him who endured such opposition why so you don't grow weary and you don't lose heart he's giving us really practical aid here in the long run of your life it says consider all right contemplate reflect meditate i do this every morning i like i need to focus on what god has for me today and I need to take a little time to think on that. Maybe I listen to some worship music to allow me to think about what is true and real and give me perspective and, and endurance and joy. Or maybe it's because things are going so well that I've lost focus on Christ and I'm too busy doing ministry or riding my motorcycle or you know, other playing my guitar or playing my grandkids and, and I've lost track. I've gotten off track so he says consider him or reflect on him because this is really the hope of us living a lives where we don't get so weary and weary christians are not a great advertisement for the truth of the gospel but i'll, I'll be honest there's been times that man my weariness has made me even lose heart and jesus had to come and pick me up because i decided to sit down on the field so he says, look, so you don't get that way? Be a person who considers, reflects, meditates on what Jesus is so you don't grow weary. Or as my father would say, um, he, his colloquialism was, I'm too pooped to pop. I have no idea what it means. I, know, I have no idea where it came from, but I heard him say it all the time when he'd get really tired, I'm too pooped to pop. And for many Christians, that's where they find themselves the end of life of paul he writes his last letter to his his young kind of disciple timothy and he says hey i've i've finished the race it's the end of my life and now i will receive i'll receive the prize but he says but not only to me but to everyone who longs for his appearing whose concentration is on christ whose focus is on christ You win, according to the Apostle Paul, 2 Timothy 4, 7 and 8. He says, to all who long for his appearing, living imperfect lives, you will win. Everybody in the stand says, you will win. And when we are defeated in a daily way, it is really easy to think that that's reality, But what God says is what's really reality. God says you win. Feels really real. Feels real. But the real reality is you will win because Jesus will allow you to win. And he calls you to himself. We're going to have the band come back up and we'll worship in just a moment. But as the band kind of comes back up to the stage, I just want to encourage you with a couple things. Recognize that therefore, because of the arrow, God's faithfulness is on display throughout history and in the history of our lives too. So trust him in the race. Second, find out if there's anything that's tripping you up, slowing you down. Find it, identify it, and then begin to ask, what does it mean to remove the goat from my shoulders slowing me down? Identify it, but don't be identified by it. If if you've got a problem with substances, that's not who you are. It's just a terrible fact in your life that's hurting you and harming you. But it's not who you are. It's not your identity. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're a beloved child. If you find yourself struggling with other sins or distractions, that's not who you are. You're a victorious child of God, who received the reward in the kingdom of heaven. So find your hindrances, remove your hindrances, fix your eyes upon Jesus instead of everything down here in front of you. Set your contemplation, extended times of thinking and reading scripture, listening to worship, so that you're a person whose concentration is on the reality of of your win and the reality of the God who loves you so much and calls you forward to himself and then live in this next coming year with greater joy and greater peace offering true hope by your attitude to all those who watch you run your race. Let's pray. Jesus, we all have different lanes in the race and we all have different issues that come into our life Uh, we all have different hindrances you've blessed us lord i mean if you called us to know you you've blessed us into into eternity and something we can't even imagine and in the meantime would you help me and these my friends to find our way to living in the reality that looks up instead of down looks forward instead of backward looks where you are And then we ask you to give us help to remove the things that trip us up that this year we just continue to progress to be more like you and to have your joy, your peace, your patience, your kindness, your goodness, your gentleness, and your self-control for the blessing of those around us and for your joy and for ours too. Jesus, thank you for going to the cross in all that sin and all that shame to be tortured for us, to to die for us, to give us life. We love you. So we sing to you. Um.